to episode 55 of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Carl Helm. Carl Helm has had a diverse career in sales. He has worked for technology, mortgage, and finance companies. As a veteran, Carl has traveled the world. He even tried acting at one point. However, sales always fascinated him. His older brother gave him some sales book when he was just 16 years old. This was the start of his sales journey. Carl loved the challenges that came with sales. He loves learning and he values relationship, a great combo for sale. Carl is a personal friend of mine and has helped me advance no degree, and he continues to do what he can. Listen to learn how Carl developed his sales abilities and moved up the sales world. Visit nodegree.com to start your journey. Subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash nodegree. Every contribution is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get this show started. Hey, Carl. So it's been a while. I've been wanting to do this with you for so long. Can you give the audience a brief introduction of yourself? Well, first off, thanks, Janai, for having me on the show. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Appreciate your friendship. Yep. My name is Carl Helm. I work in wholesale mortgages. It's been an interesting ride. I, I got into mortgages actually back in um, 2005, was doing residential origination and then moved into commercial. Uh, got out of it when the market crashed 2008, 2009 and started doing technology and got back into it last year originally as originator and then have been doing wholesale you know, like account acquisition and uh, account executive. Let's kind of take it back. I know you've had an interesting road. You've done a lot of things. So let's kind of explore those. So what do you want to be in high school? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. We're taking it back. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I've gone from a variety, uh, from wanting to be an entrepreneur to, believe it or not, I contemplated uh, being an attorney, but but I just knew I wouldn't enjoy going to school for that long and doing some of the things that are involved in it. And after meeting some attorneys, I, I'm definitely glad I didn't go into that industry. What did you end up doing after high school? I went to school for you know I went to college you know for uh, a year up in San Francisco to a small Christian college, and then I wasn't focused. I joined the Navy. And did that for uh, three and a half years, traveled around the world, you know, got out. Believe it or not, I pursued acting for a while in Los Angeles and moved back to San Diego and got into sales from there and, you know, started doing sales business development and also, you know, kind of following the entrepreneurial path as well. Nice. So what got you into sales? I got fascinated by sales because I have an older brother that owns his own business. So he started giving me business books like when I was 16 years old, everything from, you know, Think and Grow Rich to some sales books to, you know, entrepreneurship books. I was always fascinated by it. You know, I knew the earning potential was good, especially, you know, someone like me without a degree. If you were good at sales, you could make a very good income. So that's, that's what led me down that path. What were some other things that attracted you about sales? So, because there are a lot of industries that you make a good income, what else attracted you to sales? I like the challenge for one. I think it can be challenging and very rewarding. I liked learning that particular skill set, and I would say that you know I'm a I like to develop relationships, and I think it's definitely relationship driven. 
so those were some of the elements and I'm a free spirit. And so there's a little bit of a, the opportunity to be your own person, right? Almost being an entrepreneur, you know, within an organization. So uh, I definitely like that aspect as well. Nice. What have you learned in sales throughout the years? I really focused on trying to be good at the process, right? From learning, handling, you know, building rapport, um, trying to find out, you know, what the, the pain points were, and then, you know, handling objections. And I would say originally, you know, to be very candid, it was about the win for me. To be honest, I did not focus as much on customer need as I should have. I was young and I wanted to prove myself. And I would say as I've gotten older and, you know, matured more, uh, it's very imperative to me to not just build a relationship, but to establish what the customer needs are and to focus primarily on that. And if you do that, everything else will take care of itself. And I've, I've learned that that is definitely the best, most holistic way to approach sales. Now, what does a salesperson do, right? They close deals, but what do they do? Because people have this image. But in your experience, what are the different things salespeople do? Well, there's different types of salespeople. <laughs> I would say that. You know, there's the image of the used car salesman, right? And there is some validity to that because there are people in any industry, because I've done from financial to tech uh, and some others, in that, you know, you will find those people, right, where they're very self-centered and they, they want what they want and they're not worried about the customer. But what a salesperson is besides just closing, it's, it's really going out, trying to find people, right, that potentially have a need for your potential services and products, doing a needs assessment, trying to understand completely, is it a possible good fit? If not, telling them so up front, so you're not wasting their time or yours, and not trying to get them to buy something that, that's not going to work for them. From there, you're dealing with the process of trying to understand who the decision makers are, what their budget is, what's their timeline, what are the critical things that they need to make a decision, and then trying to obviously reach an agreement. And then from there, that's where the real work starts, to be honest, because selling somebody and getting their money, you, know, you still have to provide that product or service. And so for me, at least, is you know the sale doesn't stop you know, with the yes and getting the money, it's making sure that they're on board properly, that it meets their needs. If there's any kind of customization within, you know, within reason that you can do to make sure that it meets their, their requirements and doing that and then following up, right? You always have to follow up and just make sure they're happy. How has sales changed over the years? Because now there are so many more tools, so many more resources. I remember in the 90s, like you could email someone and have a high rate. And now it's like you email someone and it, you're, you're clogging up their inbox, right? And then cold calling, there was a time that it worked well. Now it doesn't work as it didn't work as well. Now it's coming back where it's like, hey, if you're respectful, because I remember I had a cold call with someone and you know what? I was like, well, you're the only one, you know, they're respectful. But you know, it's funny. They didn't show up to the meeting. So that was, or whoever they set it up. So that was, that was interesting. But how has sales evolved over time? That's a great question. The consumer prospect client is way more educated today, right? Because of the internet with social media and everything else, we are fully aware of the different 
techniques, especially the old school approaches to sales. And it's just not as effective, right? From just how some people try to use mechanical ways of getting a yes. Uh, I would say that it's very consultative in today's world, more so. Some things work, some things don't. Like you said, I mean, email marketing works not as much. I still believe that cold calling works. I do too. If you do it right. I agree. I agree. And it's really, again, it's being respectful, not trying to manipulate, telling them right up front the purpose of the call, right? And ask them if they have a few minutes of time so you can better explain the value proposition of why they should listen to you. But yeah, it, some things work, some don't. I, I think all of them work. They just don't work as much as they did. But I agree that I think cold calling works. People talk about it in a negative way, but I, I still think it works. Anything works as long as you're creative, as long as you're respectful, and as long as you're understanding of the medium that you use, right? Like as an email, when you're doing a cold email, you have to understand that, hey, they may be getting hundreds of emails a day. Why would they sort of respond to you, right? If you're cold calling, you may catch them in the middle of a time. So, you know, middle of dinner or middle of a business transaction, maybe that's not the right time. And I find that people who are just respectful, you know what? You're like, why not? If it's something that it could potentially lead to something. Absolutely. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you about that. What were some things you struggled with, you know, during sales? Again, it's handling, I would say, is handling objections, right? And not taking the first no, really. I think that's the reality, right? It takes at least, you know, you have to go through several no's and get at least, you know, probably seven small yeses to get to somebody to commit to buy from you, I think. Did handling the no's get easier? And if so, what'd you do to handle the no's? Um, well, originally starting out, I took it as a challenge. Is when I got into sales, I used to actually love to read an article or you know read something in the newspaper about somebody, and I would actually cold call that person. We're talking right; it could be somebody like a named person, and I would take it as a challenge of, if nothing else, I wanted to showcase my sales skills to them because you never know, right? They may say, "Hey, why don't you come work for me?" And I've actually had that happen several times where people, you know, make job offers just based on me giving a pitch uh, from a cold call. So what's the typical salary ranges for a salesperson? That can fluctuate from industry to industry to a level of experience, right? From are you entry level or you mid level or you senior level, right? Is this a management role? Starting out, it could be everything from, in today's world, $15 an hour plus commission to, you know, well over $100,000 base, right? Plus uh, either a comp or, you know, some kind of bonus or even a, a commission plan tied to it. Were there any other industries or other jobs that you sort of worked at other than sales? Because I know you've had a long career. Yeah, so I've done everything from, I've owned a couple of companies and I've also been either a director or VP of business development in actual companies. What is business development? Because I know that and sales go sort of hand in hand. I know some people in business development go to sales, sales to business development. What is business development? Business development, to me at least, has always been high-end sales, right? From a strategic standpoint of how to build the overall business. 
An example being is I owned a company and it went under and I started in sales there. I just walked in the door and it was a, a smile and dial environment, as they would say, with 50 people in a room. And within a few months, I was number three out of you know 50 people in the sales volume and hit and goal. But more importantly is I saw an opportunity for a, a company that they were right place, right time, but they had no strategy of how to grow the company other than to take advantage of low-hanging fruit because of where they were in that particular industry and what was going on in that industry. So I sat down and I wrote out a business plan and presented it to the two owners. And they said, wow, we love this. So guess what? You're no longer quote unquote in sales. You are now director of business development. And so I was then, you know, besides the owner, I was the only officer right in the company. I went about like, besides creating, you know, this, this business strategy, I went about implementing it and bringing it to fruition. And the company grew by over 200% the following year. And because of that, they got listed in the Inc 500 list and was like the fifth fastest growing company in San Diego, which is where it was based at the time. I would tell you that for me, at least, business development is really just an extension of sales. There's a sales element because it could be strategic accounts, you know, national accounts, but more importantly, how it's opening up new markets. Like I turned down a job for director of business development for this company. They did, let's say they did about $2 billion in this country and they did about $5 billion globally. My role was to work hand in hand with opening up a new vertical and get strategic accounts and work with product development and marketing and to pull it all together to establish them, right? Getting major accounts and then opening up that vertical so that it could lead to potentially other verticals, right? So it was a very strategic kind of approach to sales where I would have been sitting in with, you know, senior management meetings as well, not just sitting there with the sales manager and saying, what are your numbers this month? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It's more about the strategy, not necessarily the specific things about sales. It's kind of setting a framework for the salespeople to operate on. Yes, because then it's a trickle-down effect where then the, the average salesperson can then say, look, we have these key logo accounts. We're in this new vertical. We're, we're crushing it. You should come on board as well, right? And then that's where the average salesperson would step in and start going after to capture the rest of the, that market in that vertical. How did you get better at sales? Like, what, did you read books, courses? What were the ways that you got better? Sure. So it's a combination of both. So I've gone to sales seminars. I've read extensive books. I mean, believe it or not, in today's world, YouTube is an incredible resource. I still today will watch YouTube videos on sales just to refresh, right? Because you always have to keep your, your tools sharp. Those are free too. So I would highly recommend anybody that wants to go into sales or improve in sales. There's a ton of YouTube content that you can watch. That Are there any channels or people that you recommend? Sure. So I've studied everything from Sandler Sales to Brian Tracy. There's the 24 Trial Closes. That's a great one on there on YouTube. 
Sandler sales, there's a bunch of content tied to that, which is a process, right? There's others, but those two stand out to me in particular. Um, again, it goes more of a consolidative, but trial closes, right? Of how to, how to ask for the sale and handle objections with Brian Tracy. What is something that you're really proud of? Like what stands out in your career? I would say career-wise would be the two things was the one that I mentioned earlier was, you know, actually creating the business strategy, implementing and bringing to fruition and getting a company listed in the Inc. 5000 list or 500, pardon me, because it was like 292, I think, out of the list. That's a major accomplishment. And then I would say is when I owned my own company, I was the chief operating officer and managed like 12 people from you know inside to outside salespeople. And I would say that I was a franchisee for this particular company. In seven months, I formed a strategic alliance with a multi-billion dollar corporation and made them a reseller. After the manufacturer, their team of people, they tried for seven years to no avail to make that relationship come about. So I'm very proud of it. I have a reference letter tied to it and have a you know a long-term friendship with the with the key person that I formed that strategic alliance with. So those would be two things that I would say, you know, I'd plant my flag and say, these are some of my major accomplishments. Now let's go the other direction. Are there some things that you're that you sort of regret that you're not so proud of? Like, hey, I should have done it differently. Oh, absolutely. 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 So what, and what are you willing to share? Well, I'm willing to share just about anything. I would say it's important to be confident, right? But not cocky. And then it's also important not to be too humble, right? To the point where you downplay your, your skill set, right? Because we all take time to build our skills and people will automatically second guess you or doubt you. And, you know, you have to be the person in the room that first and foremost believes in yourself, but you don't want to be arrogant about it. I would say the regrets that I have would be a couple. I mean, one would be is calculated risk, right? Is I think it's important to do calculated risk. I would say sometimes I've taken risk where I didn't think through the process. And I've learned as I've gotten older to be process driven and to really you know, I mean, even if you want to take it old school, just a Ben Franklin approach, right, of a piece of paper, drawing a line between it and then doing the plus and minus of something to come to a decision if it makes sense to move forward. I would say is calculated risk would be one is really think it through. Uh, definitely take risk, but make sure it's calculated risk. I would say the other is, is that believe in yourself. You know, there have been times where I wish I would have, especially when I was younger, is believed in myself more. So there's some regret there. I think that there's lost opportunity had I believed in myself a little bit more when I was younger. You know, things could have been a little bit different. I would say the other would be is letting go of mistakes that I've made, things that didn't go my way, anything of that nature, or even even grudges, right? Because at the end of the day, the most important thing we have is time. Don't waste your time on things that you can't control. Let them go. Let go of your mistakes. Don't let your last mistake be holding you back from your next opportunity, I would say. 
Was there ever a time the lack of a college degree held you back in some capacity? Did someone say, oh, you can't get the job, you don't have a college degree? Yes, I've, I've lost opportunities because I haven't had a degree. They, they would say, wow, you know, you're very impressive with your background and your references. But, you know, for the company, it's, it's one of those boxes that needs to be checked. I also, when I turned down that, that director of business development job for, you know, the uh, company is doing like $2 billion a year, they said to me right off the bat, hey, we want to hire you as director of business development. But if you want to advance into VP of business development, so no matter what you accomplish in the company and you do what you say you can do, which we believe you can, you still need to get your degree if, if you're going to move forward to VP of business development. So, yes, I have uh, met barriers tied to not having my degree. No, oh, sad to hear that. Now, was that earlier on? Has that happened more recently or that was earlier? Because I know the trends are, especially towards sales, like the the... Trends are changing. Yes, they are. The business development opportunity, they offered me the job, but again, it was I wouldn't advance without a degree for the VP role. That was just five years ago. Okay, so that's still relatively recent. Yes, but otherwise, no. In the last five years, I have not been turned down from any position based on not having a degree. Okay, that's great to hear. Now, what advice would you have for someone in high school that's looking to get into sales or is considering sales? Like what steps can they take so that they can, you know, jumpstart their career or do the right things, read the right books? Sure. Well, I would say exactly that is right. Become an expert of the craft that you want to learn, right? So it would be read books, watch YouTube videos. I would say, especially for someone young, if they weren't going to get a degree, I would say some kind of certification in sales so that they can show something of relevance to justify maybe getting that opportunity. I would also tell them that it would be important to find a mentor, someone with some experience in particular, if, if they didn't have a degree and reach out to them and say, would you mentor me and kind of guide me, right? Because maybe they can give them tips. Maybe they can actually do introductions for them maybe they could hire them, right? Um, so I would say those would be some of the things that I would suggest to uh, young people looking to get into sales. What are the future plans looking like for you? Like you've obviously accomplished a lot. What are the future roles that you're sort of interested in? At my current company, which is HomePoint Financial, it's the number three wholesale lender in the country. I took a step back. I was an, an account executive at another company, but I took the role here because of the corporate culture the CEO is amazing. And so I wanted to be part of a team that I believed in. And I've already had discussions with my uh, my boss and my boss's boss. And I would say the next progression would be is to go back to being an account executive. They make good money. They make anywhere from 150 all the way up to some people make, you know, 750000 a year as an account executive. So that would be the next natural progression for me. I know that some places you mentioned that this place had a amazing culture, other places, not so much. What are some cultures that people should be aware of in sales, right? Because sometimes you go in, right? They're good at reeling you in and then you kind of go and it's a tough culture. What are some things that people should consider when they're trying to get at a sales role or, you know, what to avoid in your opinion? Uh, I would say is do research on the company, 
right? So look at Indeed, look at Glassdoor, look at all the ones of the reviews, and even look at the reviews tied to from a consumer perspective, right? Because that will give you some kind of insight into it. And then obviously is really make sure that the comp plan is what they say it is. Make sure that they're providing proper training. There's a reasonable expectation of uh, runway, as I would say, right? Of what's it going to take from getting from A to Z, from starting out to being successful, and making sure that you're managing expectations up front of the timeline with that, right? Because if you walk in the door and they think that you're going to be in the top five and there's like 50 salespeople and you're supposed to hit that within the first 90 days, I just think that's unrealistic. There's always a learning curve. I would say those would be the key things. And then, you know, trying to understand how your manager is, your direct report, just how are, are they... Are they a manager, quote unquote, or are they a leader, right? Because I think that's very important as well. If you have a manager, they're probably going to micromanage you. And if you have a leader, then they're going to be looking probably to help develop you and be wondering and asking you all the time of what what your personal goals are, you know, and trying to accomplish within the company. So I would say those are some key takeaways. What were the non-sales roles that you've had throughout your career And did they help you with your sales skills? That's a good question. You know, I would say all of my roles have had an element of sales tied to them. Now, when I owned my own company, I was the chief operating officer. I had to manage people, but I was also in charge of the sales. And here's the thing, and my girlfriend was mentioning this recently, is that no matter what role you have in the company, everybody sells something. No, that's definitely, that's true. Like you're always selling in some capacity. There are some people that I've seen, they've worked certain jobs and now they want to transition into sales, right? Maybe they want to try something new or maybe they feel like sales has a better suit or their personality suited for it. What advice would you have for them? I think it goes back to is one, some self-education of even just studying YouTube videos, reading some books, sitting down and go, okay, is this something that I could do? Right, especially if it's going out of their comfort zone. If they've been in accounting, logistics, or something of that nature, right, in in a back end role, could they handle that? Right, because there's a lot of rejection tied to it. There's a lot of just being out there, out front, right, a front facing role, um, which is totally different from being on the back end. I would say is first off measuring that and doing you know doing some self education and then after that if they think that, that that it makes sense then then I would say is investing more into you know actually becoming a successful salesperson probably certification just because again you're you're transitioning especially later in a career into a new role you're going to want something that you know you can wave the flag at and say well I've done you know I've done this to to get into that industry You've worked with all types of people who've done well in sales, people who haven't done so well. What are the traits of the people who haven't done so well? People that weren't all in, for one, mentally, you know, emotionally, and effort. The other would be is where they they want to be in sales, but they're just personality-wise, they're not cut out for it. I would say that those would be the things that... So what, what personalities are not cut out for it? If you're not 
comfortable talking in a room full of people, and I'm not saying like 100 people or something, but if you can't walk into a room and talk to five, six people all at once, you're probably going to have a hard time in sales just because there's going to be elements of that. There's going to be meetings where I thought I was having a one-on-one and all of a sudden, you know, I'm having a meeting with, you know, six, eight people in a boardroom and I'm the only one, right? And they're all asking me questions. So it's definitely a, a shift and you have to be kind of comfortable in handling that. Now, if you could have had any different career other than sales, what would you do? Well, again, it goes two. Two would be this: either owning my own company, which is always going to have a sales tied to it, or believe it or not, I was talking about it yesterday. It would be uh, acting. Acting, nice, nice. So, what got you into acting, and why did you sort of stop that? Because I know acting's tough. Yes, acting is tough. So, my family background is there's a few of us that were in entertainment industry. So. I have an indirect family member that uh, helped manage the Tubes, which is an old band. She worked for Frank Zappa. So she was his personal assistant. And then later on, she was helping running the record label with Frank's wife. From there, she was the manager of Missing Persons. And then she went and worked for Dick Clark. And then she was a assistant producer on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So there's that element. And then my brother was a professional musician and played, you know, some such good kind of couple albums. And, you know, he had a famous manager that his manager at the time, right after his band went and managed Madonna as she was becoming famous and he helped make her famous. I met my agent at a family party. He was a friend of the, of the family. And so, well, he owned the agency and he handed me off to, to the other person. And I would say, you know, I started pursuing it. I did a couple of non-union films. I auditioned a lot for commercial small bit roles. It was a catch-22 doing that was that I actually had like an 80% callback rating. And so I would be doing new auditions and then I would have callback auditions as well. And so it actually became difficult to uh, keep a job and pay my rent. I was waiting tables. I actually waited tables with uh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I waited tables with Mark Ruffalo, a couple of character actors, met a ton of actors, worked in a few restaurants in Beverly Hills, shot pool a few times with Jamie Foxx, my roommate, was indirectly connected with uh, Spike Lee, his his girlfriend's sister was Spike Lee's casting director from college all the way, you know, through his whole career till recently, and she managed Jamie Foxx, so we, we would go out periodically, shoot pool, and you know, I've taken acting classes with everybody from Mark Cuban to the younger Wayne brothers and uh, the sister Jennifer Lopez was in there, uh, Carmen Electra, and some others like that. I mean, good luck pursuing it, man. Uh, oh, I'd love I'm to. Not, see- no, that's that's that ship is sailed. <laughs> really, you wouldn't do like a small like background actor type gig if it came your uh, way. You know, not not really, just because, it, as I told you, you know, I have a girlfriend. I'm looking to get engaged later at the end of the year. And, you know, I'm really focused on building a retirement and, uh, you know, just having a happy life with my future wife. Okay. No, I, I get what you mean. Like, you have to be all in, right? Because I know, like, that acting thing is a completely different thing. And you have to be, like, on your toes. And you have to, like, you know, wait tables and, you know, find things in between and stuff. So... It's definitely a commitment. 
And I'm glad I did it, right? As a young person, it, I think the, some of those elements played favorably to pursuing uh, sales, right? Because you have to be be able to put yourself out there. Yeah, so cool. I mean, you've given a lot of value. Is there anything on your mind that you feel you want to share with the audience that I didn't ask you? You know, I would just say, you know, take some calculated risk. Be willing to put yourself out there. Always be willing to help others, right? Because it's not all about me. Just try to be a decent person and, uh, you know, be of service whenever possible. No, I mean, thank you so much for your time. How would people get in contact with you if they want to sort of learn more, you know, connect with you? What's the best way? Sure. So the best way would be is they could reach me on LinkedIn. I would prefer like a personal message just saying, hey, I, I heard you, you know, on Janai's show and I would like to connect with you. You know, I'd like to learn more and, you know, I have some questions or would you mentor me or, would, you know, can you help me introduce somebody, right, that maybe could help me? Be happy to do it that way. Nice. Thank you so much for your time, Carl. I know the audience got so much value out of it. It's always good to hear just different perspectives, different stories. So good luck with your future goals. And, you know, hopefully people from the audience connect with you. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com. Yeah, so, you got no degree? No problem. No problem. Any problem, we can solve We got this. LinkedIn insomnia. Keeps us evolving, growing in the knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree. No problem, any problem we can solve them. LinkedIn Somnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.